Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. You know, I had a, I had a conversation this morning. Uh, I moderated a, p- a panel conversation um, this morning, and one of my panelists was Asaya Mhlanga. He is the chief economist of RMB, Rand Merchant Bank. Fantastic economist. Thinks very deeply about the state of our economy. And one of the things he had spoken about, about why there's a failure to fix the economy, he said because we have become an economy of a private sector that's turned itself into rent seekers. That is to say, to that voice note that you just heard, that it is to the benefit of the private sector that things are dysfunctional. It is to the benefit of the private sector that the rail network and transit is not functional because trucking companies come in and make a hefty profit off of that. It is to the benefit of the private sector that ESCOM is dysfunctional because private companies are providing a service that ESCOM now has to pay for, making a lot of money. Similarly, in, in, in the instance of, 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 of the issuance of social grants and that sort of stuff, it is to the benefit of banks, private-owned commercial banks, that the post-bank and SASA is dysfunctional because they get to make a profit on that dysfunction. That's exactly it. And so given that misalignment in interest, one really has to ask, can we ever fix this economy, given that rent-seekers have no incentive to participate in fixing the economy? In fact, at least in their interest, that things may potentially get worse. Yeah. That's something to think about, and I wanted you and I to discuss it a little bit at length on the open line. Nigeria, its electricity grid collapsed, entirely collapsed today. What do I mean by collapse? I mean zero megawatts of electricity produced. Why? Because there was a fire. Somehow a fire had damaged the grid, and the grid came to a complete collapse. They were able to get it back up and running to about 237 megawatts by mid-morning. Um, and this is a country that on average per day produces and consumes 4,100 megawatts uh, of electricity per day. Uh, a country of more than 200 million people. Was Is this entirely possible? Do, is the explanation given by the Nigerian transmission company a believable one? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it, there, there are questions around the integrity of the information. Adenkunle uh, Owolabi is a journalist and a researcher, um, and he's the digital editor at the Diplomatic Watch, a U.S.-based diplomatic affairs news agencies. Uh, Adenkunle, good evening. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Firstly, is the explanation plausible and possible? Um, th- thank you for having me on, on the show. And um, the, the the response from the government has, has been uh, received with mixed reactions. And um, they have actually alleged that um, power is uh, gradually restoring in some part of the country. And, um, and as I've confirmed, we've seen from the data that was shared as well that the megawatt is, is also gradually increasing as well. Yeah. And um, Nigerians, uh, most of the messages that we've seen from the reaction, they they don't really have a lot of uh, faith because uh, Nigerians are, you know, they are used to um, self-reliance on, the, on their own power. So the, the grid collapse didn't really have uh, much impact as we, we've been um, using our own uh, uh, power in Nigeria. 
Yeah, just about making your way through any town in Nigeria where there's a hustling and bustling of people, you hear the cacophony of generators. Uh, it indicates that power outages, unscheduled, unannounced power outages are commonplace in Nigeria. To what extent did this power, this complete power uh, co- grid collapse affect Nigerians today? Or did they see it as, oh, well, just another power outage. Let me continue with my life as is. Or was there a significant dent uh, to Nigerian life today uh, and to the blood flow of the economy? Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, um, the impact is, is enormous. I, I may not be able to, to crunch the numbers right now. But um, the reaction and the impact is is actually uh, catastrophic, I would say, because uh, mind you, um, when the new president announced that the subsidy was being removed, the the price of fuel actually more than doubled the the usual rate per liter. So most Nigerians are even struggling to actually afford to power generators now. And even businesses are struggling with this. And so some of them has actually switched back and and rely on the power grid, which could be um, impact. Of of course, they did uh, mention that actually happened an explosion which collapsed um, the transmission from Kainji and the power plant in the north uh, central in Niger State uh, tripping in, in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. I want to bring in your e- economic analyst, Dr. Obinaya uh, Uruakba. Uh, Dr. Ob- Obinaya, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, perhaps shed light to us on that. The economic impact, was it immediately felt, seen, and can it be calculated of the co- uh, grid collapse? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, my co-discussant has already given you the background. Nigeria is a country of over 224 million people, current statistics. Still, uh, we need to investigate that if we're not up to 250 million. Our yeah. census hasn't been particularly <laughs> well um, um, done. We have a census that's coming. Buhari was supposed to have done that, but it was agreed that this new government should do it. Now, back to the electricity distribution. Now, it's been in a chaotic state for years. We have the, uh, the transmission company, and we also have the discos. And the argument has always been whether the agreements were well done and whether the persons who bought into this sector actually had the requisite funding to drive volumes and to actually deliver value to consumers. And like my co-discussant just uh, told you, actually, uh, fuel, which is petrol, was selling at 197 naira per liter, May 28. On May 29, once the subsidy was removed by the speech, by the sentence made by the current president, the fuel went to 540 naira per liter. And I'll leave you to do the calculation what percentage that was. Yeah. Now, a month later, it went to 617 naira per liter. Now, I'll give you some statistics that will shock you. The Manufacturers Association of Nigeria, about eight years ago, reported that over 800 Nigerian companies shut down almost every quarter. What? Every quarter? Yes. 800 Nigerian companies just close up shop every yes. three months? It, it, that, it might be worse. And let me explain that to you. The National Bureau of Stat- uh, Statistics, in collaboration with the Small Medium Enterprise Development Agency of Nigeria, did a research in 2014 that reported that uh, we have about 32.7 million micro, small, 
medium enterprises in Nigeria. You're talking about that young chap who just finished the National Youth Service Corps and decided to implement what he was taught in the orientation camp in the National Youth Service Corps. That's what we have in Nigeria. When you graduate, you go to yeah. NYSC, National Youth Service Corps. Now, in the orientation camp, you are taught what is called skill acquisition and entrepreneurship development. There's actually a department for that. So you're taught how to make a palm sandals, you're taught how to make a cloth that is fashion, or how to get into agro-allied. And you believe patriotically that you can actually deliver Nigeria. And you want to now try to do it. Then you have to now deal with extortion. In some states in Nigeria, you have up to 97 classes of taxes. And this was discovered by no less a personality than the current DG of the World Trade Organization, Okonjoy Wala, who was the coordinating minister of the economy. Yeah. As I speak, a new, a new committee has been set up by government. And the, the committee is trying to reduce it to about 60, 62 or 63 classes of taxes. <laughs> what does that tell you? Mm. Multiple taxation is being dealt, and then you now have to now deal with with electricity or uh, uh, electricity. You now have to deal with the unavailability of even the electricity. Yeah, you're even talking about if you if you if you procure a machine, and in a, in a day the light goes off ten times. The impact it will have on your machine. Mm -hmm. and re recalibration and all of reconfiguration and all of that so a lot of losses for those in the printing business some of them may have to come to south africa to print or go to dubai now that the border has been opened rather than do it here because the voltage can blow your that can can spoil your appliances anytime yeah these yeah. are realities on the field you know for those who are in that sector they will tell you you know, so it, it, it's, uh, it's more or less like a vicious circle for young, micro, small and middle enterprises. And for your information, the federal government of Nigeria, the sub-nationals, the state and the local government areas do not employ more than five, uh, up to five million maximum of available employable Nigerians. And over 70 percent of our population is 30 years and below. That is the, the active workforce. Wow. And they do not have jobs. So when they have to now set up their own nano businesses, businesses that work with one million and below, and yeah. they have to employ one or two persons, and they have to pay rent, and like my co-discussant said, they now have to buy their own generator. They are their local government chairman, having to now uh, provide their own water through a borehole, provide their own electricity through alternative energy. As I speak to you, I have solar power in my solar uh, panels in my house. I'm actually on solar panels as I speak to you yeah. right now. Once the rain, once the rain comes on, the light goes off because once it rains, the 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 wires have to dry before the light comes back on. Yeah. All manner of things that you shouldn't hear in 2023, but that's the reality of ineffectiveness in governance. Yeah. And what we are, I listen in on your program. What we actually believe is that government has no business in business. Yeah. So we in Nigeria actually believe in the private sector driving business. But again, there should be proper corporate governance. There should be sincerity of purpose so that people who are in government do not sell government assets to themselves and then mismanage those assets. And the common man on the streets who really would want to become his own uh, savior, Messiah, suffers because you have not given him the enabling environment. Yeah. Uh, so, Adekunle, I want to come back to you here. Uh, can you give us a... a, a, a just context, perhaps put into perspective for us, 
just about the the expansion of the Nigerian grid and just how many people, businesses, households are reliant on it. 4,100 megawatts per day is not a lot for a country of two, 200 million plus people. Just how many Nigerian households are connected to the grid? That is to say, have access to electricity. Um, and how many Nigerian businesses do you, uh, is there any sort of data out on that? At the moment right now, yes, at the moment right now, okay. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, the, the Nigerian uh, national grid has collapsed more than 200 times in the last year. And and the, da- the data around this is not readily available. And, um, and prior to, to this interview, and we've had, had to do Sorry, uh, I'm, quite I'm a few to, I'm features. Have to pause you there. I'm going to have to pause you there. When you say the Nigerian oh, okay. grid has collapsed more than 200 times in the last year, do you mean a total collapse of what we've seen today, where there's zero uh, megawatts of production and availability to the grid? Absolutely, we've 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 experienced this. So in the last year, we've had we've had something similar to this. So it's it's not really something that is new, to, you know, to us in Nigeria. And and um, you know, this also resulted to widespread blackouts, and and that has put Nigerians in a in a place where they had to make alternative uh, arrangements. You know, embracing alternative energy like solar um, and old as well. And and uh, the data around the impact on this on the businesses is not readily available at the moment. Yeah. But it's we can just give estimate. I mean, Nigeria hasn't done a, a census in in since two thousand and six, and which is quite uh, unfair, you know, for us to have adequate data to work with in terms of accountability, the the expenditure from the government and the budgeting as well. And and this everyone you know gives approximate estimate. It helped us as a, as a journalist to also be with stories and deliver quality um, information to uh, to our audience. Yeah, your line is cutting there quite a bit, but but I I, I think we we got the gist of, of of the point you were making there. I perhaps then just want to ask this: Is there is the Nigerian uh, grid is it state operated or is it private operated? It is. Uh, Private operated, and, and the government had to had to do that um, to get private um, companies to. It's, it's a joint operation, I would say. But you know, we, we had to give the, the private sectors an opportunity to get in to be able to see how they can help uh, the, the government to 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 increase yeah. this megawatt and be able to uh, to to get this going. The the, the new minister Adebayo Adelabu, you know, he just assumed power and uh, office rather, and he's he's. Has a lot of a lot of work to do, and this is a quite a um, quite a delicate office to hold, considering Nigeria's history in this epileptic uh, power uh, problems that we've suffered uh, for decades, and and this is also impacting uh, the growth of Nigeria economy. And I mean, the size being Africa's biggest economy, there's a lot Nigeria could actually do. Uh, as my my colleague has mentioned, businesses are closing from time to time, and sometimes this data is not really available because um, we've seen even uh, bigger corporates, you know, I wouldn't mention the names that have left Nigeria, which has even caused the political um, um, uh, issues between nations of Nigeria and some other countries as well. It's quite disturbing. And um, we we can only um, hope and uh, the government can actually uh, put uh, uh, action to their word. Yeah, yeah.
Oh, your, your line's cutting there terribly once again. But uh, um, perhaps let's take it here in relation to the grid. What will it take to fix it? Has there been sort of any sort of promises on a campaign trail by any candidate running saying the energy crisis, the electricity crisis, I want to fix it. Here's a plan for it. Have you at any point, uh, uh, Dr. Obinaya, heard any plan whatsoever that made sense? <laughs> My brother, um, politicians, would, a campaign manifesto is what it is, a campaign manifesto. Um, for informed persons who have been on the ground, we know what the issues are. South Africa produces over 45,000 megawatts, if I'm right, for a country of uh, 50 million and counting. We are 220 million and counting, and we are battling juggling between 5,000 to 7,000. The foundation is where the issue is. If we do not invest in the power sector, we're wasting our time. We're still doing hydro. There, there, we have different options. We can also still do, do wind energy. The, 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 um, uh, the temperature in Nigeria is over 42 degrees on a regular basis except of course maybe you have rainfalls. We have not maximized those alternative energy sources, but we have those potentials. Then insincerity and corruption. Like I began to say, many of the discos are in the hands of individuals who have no business being in those businesses. They were bought over by political cronies. So to friends and family of those who were in government then. So maybe the first place to do is to go back to a truth and reconciliation arrangement where we tell ourselves the truth that a mistake was made and we'll go back to where we came from and begin to walk right back. A mistake, a, mistake was, a mistake was made insofar as what? Yes. We made a mistake in the privatization process by right. the Bureau of Public Enterprises. It was sold to persons who lied to government and to the people of Nigeria. They promised what they have not delivered and if you go into our history, this privatization has been there from like 1999. It's over 20 years now, sir. And we have not seen value. Does the state have the capacity to... The question then, 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 then flows from that. Does the state have the capacity at, at all to run and deliver a, 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 a grid, a national grid, and even expand it? If the, if the state tells herself the truth, yes, she has. But again, we do not also trust the civil servants who were working there before. I'll give you a background. If You may have heard in the petroleum industry and also in the electricity sector, a terminology called turnaround maintenance, a situation where individuals in government would collect money from government purportedly to carry out turnaround maintenance, TAM, and use antiquated things that were already removed and thrown aside and, and fixed back. Yeah. Maybe wash and fix back rather than fixing new ones. That's criminal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the situation with civil service. And that was why we brought in the private sector, believing that the private sector, and what was the, what were the, some of the conditions for bringing in the private sector? The conditions for bringing the private sector, just like you, 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 you do the PPP, Public-private partnership, like yeah. uh, starting from Brazil and a few places where it has happened, or Chile. Now, the conditions for public-private partnership is that you, the private investor, investor, has access to the right level of funding to pull this industry from point A yeah. 
begin to grow. And all you'll be asking for is the right enabling environment that government provides security for you, provides for you some tax holidays, gives you pioneer status if you came from abroad to repatriate funds out of the country. Now, to the extent that government has provided that, it is expected you deliver value. But again, the discos are saying that government has not come clean on her own terms, uh, on her own part of the bargain, on what was promised at the point of signing agreements. So it's it's a vicious cycle that, uh, that we need to come clean with ourselves and tell ourselves the truth that things have not been properly done. Government has not kept her, uh, kept to her own uh, part of the bargain, and these private sector persons are struggling. Again, you may have heard about um, uh, electricity theft, just like we have oil theft in Nigeria, where persons bypass the meters and use electricity without paying for it. Again, for me, that is a failure in, um, how do I put it, infrastructure. Because if you have the right infrastructure, you can actually monitor usage. Just like you and I are speaking. Now, if my airtime was off, if I had no data, you wouldn't be able to reach me. So mm. the telcos have actually done better than the electricity companies. When uh, MTN came into Nigeria, what did she do? She bid at, uh, up to the point of to, you know, $289 million. I was aware and alive watching on TV when MTN won and Glow came in on the second round. MTN won. Vodacom also tried to come into Nigeria. But MTN has been here for years. And wh why has MTN declared profits? Because MTN has found a way to ensure that once your the airtime you bought finishes, you get cut off. Mm. <laughs> what technology drives that? In tele telcos, why can't we find such a technology to drive the, tel the electricity sector? Mm. Again, mm. it goes back to basic infrastructure, antiquated technology that was used. Most of the infrastructure we're using in the electricity sector in Nigeria have been there since the 50s and 60s. To the extent that you do not uh, upgrade those infrastructure, you're going to keep having the grid collapsing. And then don't forget that we started from Kainji Dam to some of the other dams that rely on hydro, uh, that are hydro, hydro powered. But we have opportunity, as I speak to you, you have the green, uh, Nigerian uh, green wall, green wall. You're talking about 11 to 12 states, cutting across Bauchi, Katsina, Boronu, all of those areas. The intensity of the sun in those areas, it is so high up that it's between 42 to 50 degrees centigrade on an average day. You can harvest that energy. As I mm. speak, like I told you, I'm on solar power in Abuja in Nigeria, which is the middle belt, which is the north central zone. And we, are, and we have light almost 24 hours. Once the sun is up here, the solar panels harvest energy for us. And, it's, and we have the batteries that retain the energy. Yeah. And we use it so whenever we see light, we use. This is common sense. Well, like they say, common sense is not common. Yep, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Dr. Abonaya. Really, really do appreciate it. Give me a call. I'm taking your reactions to that. 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial. 086-000-2032. I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Again, the WhatsApp voice note number, 0614-104-107. <laughs> Night Talk with Oliver Dixon.